Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Modern Horse Training and many other books and DVDs about clicker training. And I also have a brand new children's book out. It's called Teddy's to the Rescue. You can learn more about all my books at my website, theclickercenter.com. And as always, I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. This is part three of a four-part series on the Feldenkrais work. We're joined this week by Anita Snay. Anita is a Feldenkrais practitioner who is very familiar with my work. So she's a great, great resource to go to when we want to understand more about what the Feldenkrais work is really all about. So this is part three of our four-part series on the Feldenkrais method. In part one, we had a look back at the pioneering work of two very innovative individuals. There's Sally Swift, the developer of Centered Riding, and Linda Tellington-Jones, the creator of Team Training. And Team is the Tellington-Jones Equine Awareness Method. Sally's work introduced the horse world to the Alexander Technique and really helped to modernize the way riding is taught. And Linda introduced the horse world to the Feldenkrais work, and, and it's the Feldenkrais work that we're going to be focusing on. And in a way, even though this is now the third episode in this series, we've really danced around saying what the Feldenkrais work is and what you can expect from the lesson that Anita is going to share with us. In behavior analysis, they talk about a study of one. And I think that's equally true for the Feldenkrais work. What you take from the lesson that we're about to share will be unique to you. I will make this one general statement. One awareness through movement lesson can be an interesting experience, an interesting way to spend an afternoon. But for me, the real interest comes from returning to these lessons many times. And each session brings new discovery. So each time you revisit this recording that we're about to share, you will make new discoveries. And then I hope that this will be the first of many ATM lessons that you explore. So there isn't just one ATM lesson or even half a dozen ATM lessons that represent all that the Feldenkrais work has to offer. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of different ATM lessons. So what we're offering is truly just the frost on the tip of the iceberg. Before we begin, I will add this caution. I know working with horse people that many of you have taken some very bad falls that have resulted in injuries. So as you go through this ATM lesson, do please take care of yourself. If there's anything that causes discomfort, do less or just skip that portion of the lesson. If you're not comfortable lying down on a mat, which is generally how these lessons are set up, you can do them sitting in a chair. And if that's not comfortable for you, then perhaps the best way to encounter these lessons initially is just to listen to the session. Remember, this is not physical therapy. It is an awareness lesson. For me, this is a way of helping you to develop your observational skills, your visual observational skills, your kinesthetic observational skills, and a way to help you relate to the movement that you're seeing in your horses so that you can train better, and also so that you can relate to your own coordination, your own body awareness, so that you can be what I refer to as a good dance partner for your horse. But always, always, always take care of yourself and do only what is safe for you. Also, I know many of you listen to these podcasts while you're driving. For this one episode, do not listen to it in the car. You need to be paying attention to your driving, not an ATM lesson. So wait until you get home and you can really enjoy the lesson to listen to it. And so now 
I'm going to stop talking and we're going to let Anita take over and prepare you for the lesson. Enjoy. So before we begin, everybody, I just want to do a little bit of a setup. You've heard about Dominique's idea about built mats or doing this in bed, or if you're not comfortable doing it on the floor, you can do it seated, sitting up. So if you do, I'm going to talk to most people who I think are okay with lying down, but if you need to do it seated, I always know that you can change it up, adjust it to your circumstances. Please, before we begin, check around, make sure, maybe pause this if you're listening to a streaming, take care of any bathroom needs. You want to get yourself as comfortable as possible. And that also includes paying attention to the climate. So if you get down on the floor and it's cold, please have blankets handy. Another tip is if you lie down on your back, for example, we're going to spend all the time in the lesson on your back. If you lie down on your back and you feel like your, your head drops behind you and your chin lifts and that's really uncomfortable for your neck, get very small head support and just build yourself a little kid's fort of all kinds of bedding material that you think you might appreciate. Again, the method is it works in a field of ease and comfort. That's another big difference between the philosophy of this work and working out, so to speak. You need to feel very comfortable so your nervous system is available to pay attention to what we're doing, to pay attention to these myriad details and, and everything else that will come up. So please start to settle yourself. Hopefully you've got about 45 minutes uninterrupted time. If you don't, maybe postpone this or work with it, do it in small segments and come back to it. There's a lot of flexibility about it, but what I would love for you to have is one uninterrupted experience. It's pretty long, but it really pays off to give you the maximum impact. So you're settling, you're getting your materials together around you. Also know that anything I say is recorded and you can always come back and clarify if you need to. I want to just remind you of the setup one more time. Again, what are we looking for? Ultimately, the big picture is, well, a little bit smaller picture first is finding the how to reconcile opposites like feeling your feet solidly on the ground, yet being able to move lightly and responsively and nimbly, or how to be very supple in your use of your spine, your torso, your neck, your head, your hips, yet without collapsing. The uh, overall idea is we're looking to find support through our bones, not through our muscles holding on, but through our bones. And that kind of support when you find it is very springy it's, it's very yielding and, and alive. It's not about clenching with muscles. It's the opposite of that. The muscles need to step out of the way and we're looking for bones. And, you know, again, that's biologically difficult because we have no sensory means to find how to feel our bones, but you can get the impact. So again, the larger objective of the method is to experience that opening world that I spoke of that you really disrupt, you perturbate in neurology. That's that's the, the term. You disrupt the normalized habit, the feeling of certainty, but you do it in a manageable way. And that's where the small movement and the slow, gentle movement come in. To step out of the cast of habitual limitation through these carefully constructed sequences. So the first step is to experience and register the difference. So as you settle on the mat, lie there and again, observe without judgment. What you want is a benchmark or a starting position. And then we're gonna come back to the flat lying on your back. If you can do that comfortably with your legs long is optimum, but if your lower back is happier with your knees bent and your feet standing, please do that. And just sink into the feeling of what you're experiencing right this minute. And again, I want to stress again, especially because I can't see you and I can't monitor how you're doing, it really relies a lot on your following these really important points. 
Again, we're going to be working with collarbones, the insertion of the collarbone into the shoulder. This is a very challenging area for lots of reasons. It's very close to the way we carry our head through our neck. All kinds of problems can be experienced by lots and lots of people, especially if you've had injury in this area. So the other thing to remember is I'm going to be offering you pointers about detail after detail after detail, asking you to pay attention to them. And whatever you do through all of that, always remember that you're moving in a very tiny way, very gentle, slow way. Devote some time and attention to listening and stopping and no, 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 make it happen. Nothing, none, no element of that, please. All right, so settle in. And please, the first detail to pay attention to, and again, these are offered as suggestions. Please, you take the reins of your own experience and guide yourself in Alex's rope handling way, the super gentle, super listening way. Listen to your breathing. So where do you feel that movement happening for yourself? And now as a pointer for your awareness, please bring both palms just by your collarbones, just under your collarbones. Just rest your palms there on your chest, upper chest, breathe. And how are your hands receiving the movement? Do, do you get movement there? Maybe yes, maybe no, you're checking it out. And then please move your palms to your belly. So that's just by the crease of your thighs where your thighs could become your belly. Palms there, are you getting movement there? Now those two areas in ourselves tend to be a little more receptive to attention. The belly where you are now, it, because it's very soft. So there are very few bones in that area of your belly. So that's easy, relatively easy to feel movement. Your upper chest is close to your breathing apparatus, your nose and your mouth and your bronchial tubes. So many people can find movement there. Neither good nor bad, just is. But I'll tell you what a lot of people, myself included, have a lot of trouble feeling is breathing through the ribs. Again, without making it happen, you can make it happen, but what we're looking for is attention and awareness, responsiveness. So please bring your palms just under your, your breasts, right high on your ribs right there in the front of yourself, rest your palms there. And now just breathe. And again, it's not about forcing the breath there, is what is happening there in your ribs. This is the real dialectic, the conversation between ribs, the function of ribs as bones to contain our organs, super important that they're really sturdy and have a lot of integrity, but also that they must yield to the breathing in many, many joints many joints into the breastbone and into the into the spine in the back. It's very complicated. So just breathe and just see what you feel. And then would you bring the backs of your fingers, the backs of your hands, slide around the side of yourself on both sides? Same question. There are your ribs. There's your breathing. What's happening in your mid ribs right there on the sides of yourself? And now tuck your fingers behind yourself if your shoulders were, are okay with that, if your upper back will permit. So you slide the backs of your fingers behind yourself between your upper, your ribs there and the mat and breathe. Are you getting any messages of movement there? Maybe yes, maybe no. Just find it for what it is. And then let your fingers come out and please rest your hands wherever you're most comfortable. And I wanna to talk to you a little bit about breathing. There is no right way or wrong way to breathe. Feldenkrais said many times about breathing, breathing needs to be responsive to what you're doing, it needs to be fluidly responsive to what you're doing. How you breathe when you're solving a math equation, working on the computer is different from when you're talking on the phone is different from when you've just run a marathon. 
breathing needs to be fluid and responsive to what's happening. So you're lying down now. Again, connect with your breathing. And if you do not do anything else with your breathing other than just let it be throughout this lesson, that's one choice. Another choice is now you can start to intervene a little bit if you want to, and you can consciously slow your breathing. So you inhale more slowly and you exhale more slowly. Another way to really maximize the power of the breathing to intervene what Feldenkrais called four-part breathing, what a Navy SEAL calls box breathing, and there are lots of variations in this, but basically the idea is that you equalize each element of the four parts of the breathing. That's to say, you fill, 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 you're, so you're inhaling, pausing for the same number of beats at the top of the inhalation, and then empty, empty, empty on the exhale, and then pause on empty lungs, settle, 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 and then slowly inhale for three counts or five counts or two counts or one, whatever is easy for you, and proceed like that. Right there, that particular style of breathing is incredibly powerful. If you practice it regularly, it's just amazing. And your capacity to do that will improve if you practice. We're not going to be doing that strictly this time, although I have uh, often taught lessons built around that. But I just want you to be aware of the three choices about breathing, just leaving your breathing be, slowing, consciously slowing your breathing, or doing the four-part breathing. Okay, so now another critical idea with the, with the work is, again, a benchmark. So now, if you have your legs long, would you please bring one foot under one knee, the other foot under the other knee? So you're standing, your knees are sharply bent toward the ceiling, your feet are planted on the floor, and you've got about hip distance between them and a comfortable distance between your heel and the rest of yourself. So pause for a moment there and get yourself solid. And now we're just gonna use our feet to introduce a little oscillation, a little sort of jiggle, a little sort of bounce. And how you do that is you pull your heels towards your butt gently, and then you push your feet away from your butt. And you can do this really slowly and let the movement develop. Or here's one instance where you could move fast. Just little, 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 jiggle, 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 jiggle. And what you're looking for is how far the movement travels through you. Do you feel it in the back of your head by any chance? Maybe if you're going really slowly, maybe not. But if you do it quickly, you can maybe feel a little nodding motion in your head. You're not doing that. It's just happening from the ground forces coming through you. So I'll leave you just a moment or two to feel that. And you want to just see if you can remember it because we're going to come back and do it again at the end. And if you can remember how you are now, and then you can compare it to the impact of the lesson. And now slowly, gently let that go. And now roll your head. Now do it really, really slowly here and then really minimally because it's not how far you can go. It's how, what the feeling is in doing it. So you roll your head to the left. Your nose travels from the ceiling because you're on your back toward the left slowly. Maybe do it a couple of times. Come back, do it again. Very, very gently. Really, if you move five degrees, that's good. You're looking for the quality, the feeling of it. And then pause in the middle and then to the right. Now, don't be too surprised if it's going, my goodness, what a difference. It's very common and very important to feel which way is easier than the other. And now come back to the middle and now do this similar movement, but in a very particular way. And let me talk you through it first, because now we're starting to get into the collarbone area. So I want you to be really, really aware and alert here. But I'm going to ask you to roll your head and start to look down as if you want to lay the left side of your jaw on your left collarbone. But of course, you can't get there. Don't don't try to get there. It's just that direction. So let's try it. So you're rolling to the left and also tipping your nose towards your hips, 
and looking down all along the left side of yourself and then come back and do it again slowly. You're looking for any pushback and if you get it, stop and retreat. And then the same thing to the right, rolling your head, nose tips to the right and starts to go down, right jaw towards your right collarbone. Breathing, remember which choice, you wanna slow it, you wanna leave it alone, you wanna coordinate it with the movement, you wanna do it in four parts, all up to you. But the main thing here is you're feeling the back of your neck long, you're not constricting your throat, so it's a really delicate balance between lengthen the back of your neck into where your neck becomes your skull and opening your throat. You still keep your throat open and you look down. Not a simple movement. And come back and pause. Just in the pauses, now that you're not moving and not paying attention particularly to any details, just rest, breathe, and now Come back, so make sure your feet are stood if you've lengthened them. And now work with your right arm. And what you're gonna do is, you're going to bring your right arm across you towards your left hip or towards your left ribs. So just rest your right palm somewhere on yourself there. Okay. And then reach across with your left fingers and curl your fingers under your right elbow. Now here, you're going to be using your hand like a hook or a paddle. And you keep your thumb next to your index finger. Or in other words, just don't let the opposed thumb start to creep around and grab. You're, you're not using the primate hand here. You're just hooking your fingers and then moving. So now before you move though, breathe. You're in a half hug here. So there's asymmetry, feel that asymmetry. What's it like to have your right bicep pressed against your ribs like this in a different way from what's going on under your left bicep? And now we're gonna introduce movement, but before you do that, let, let me talk you through the sequence so you know where you're going before you do it. So what I'm going to ask you to do in a minute is you're gonna take a breath in and at the peak of the inhale, when you're just about full, at that point, then you lift your elbow with your left fingers. You lift your right elbow with your left fingers. So the breath drives the movement. The breath initiates the movement. You wait with the breathing, and then you add the lifted elbow. And then as you exhale, you let your chest fall away from your left bicep. And then at the bottom, then you press with your left bicep and then you let the movement roll across. You settle your right elbow and that's the movement we're gonna do now. So if you got that clearly, let me walk you through each of the steps. You're going to take a breath in, wait, wait. Your chest is rising at the peak of it. Exert that little lift with your right elbow and your left fingers. And the space opens between your right elbow, barely lifting it, keep your right hand on yourself. Then exhale, stay there, feel your chest retreat from your left bicep, then let your left bicep follow, then let your right elbow come back down. So I hope that you have that now. Breathe, breath drives the movement, lifting, exhale retreats away, and then your elbow, left elbow follows, roll across, settle, pause for a moment before repeating. What you're looking for is a feeling like the weight rolls through you, kind of like a slow ocean swell, lifting and falling. Now, there's one little detail you can add that might make this easier. So here it comes. You're inhaling, chest rises. When you lift your elbow, does it help? It's a question, so check it out. Does it help to roll on your right thumb a little bit and lift the pinky side of your hand a little bit. So you're rolling with your forearm at the same time as you're lifting your elbow. Does that help? Maybe yes, maybe no. Then exhale, chest retreats away, left elbow presses, rolls across you, right elbow descends, 
try that a couple of times. Just work with it and see about the timing. Everything can happen simultaneously after the breathing leads. And then lift and roll your forearm a little bit, little bit. Then chest retreats, exhale, left elbow presses, roll across yourself, right elbow settles. Now let's all take a pause. And in the pause, be really mindful about this transition into the pause, because here is where you can start to feel some differences. Let your left fingers soften, relax, start to draw your arms, separate, draw them on yourself, no need to lift, and slowly let your elbows settle, very slowly, and then let your hands descend very slowly, and take your time to, to really settle and breathe and feel what's happening in your chest. Do you feel that expansion sort of bloom, sort of open, maybe even, again, no make it happen, no work in the back, you're allowing and looking for it. And breathe. And come on back now. So the setup will be the same. Your knees are bent, your feet are standing, hip width apart. You reach your right hand across yourself and your left fingertips to your elbow. Now we're going to do everything the same, but we're going to add an element. And that is that as you lift and lift your elbow and turn your forearm, you're going to press a little bit with your right foot. So here we go. Take a breath in. At the peak of the inhale, barely lift your left elbow with your right elbow with your left fingers. Rotate your right forearm, rolling on your thumb. Right palm stays on you and you're pressing with your right foot. Can you feel that your right hip rises and you roll a tiny bit to your left? No big necessity there, but just be aware of it. Then the chest retreats, the exhale happens, the left bicep presses, the weight rolls across you to your right elbow. You lighten, you rest with your right foot, and that's the sequence now. So it's the same lifting elbow, rotating forearm, and the, the addition is pressing with your right foot. So really, you keep your right palm, your right forearm pretty much on yourself. It's just a very specific turning in that junction between the collarbone and your shoulder. And because you're adding the press with your right foot, your hip is rising. Your right hip is rising a little bit. And then let it all go out. And again, really take your time because you're, you're folded at the moment in your chest. Let the opening happen very slowly as you open your elbows and let your hands descend gently in slow motion, a little bit like the leaves are falling here in Arkansas in the fall, slowly and pause. And come back, please. And it's the same setup. Right hand across, left fingertips around your right elbow. And everything the same. Inhale, lift the right elbow, roll the right forearm, press with your right foot. And only this time, you're going to add that little turning and looking down of the head movement that we did before. So peak of the inhale, you raise your right elbow. Turn your right forearm, press with your right foot, and let your head gently like rest like a bird on your collarbone, the way birds can tuck their heads, cats do it, and then retreat away with your exhale. Left arm adds a little press, roll across yourself, pause for a moment, and begin again. And the new pieces, you'd really let your head be very heavy and slow, and stop if you get any pushback anywhere and return. And let the release happen slowly as you unwind, sliding your hands across yourself, elbows hit the mat, hands in slow motion descend. Take your time to settle and check in with your breathing and rest. And now come back, same setup again. Right hand across, left fingertips to right elbow, everything the same. But now what you're changing is you're going to move your head in opposition. So I'll talk you through it. Inhale, lift the right elbow, rotate the right forearm, press with the right foot, and you tuck your right 
draw to your right collarbone. Just feel how different that is and yield to it, allow it, see what happens. How can you accommodate this? And then exhale, chest retreats, left elbow down, right elbow settled, head returned, stop working with the right foot and repeat. So you feel the congruency before, and then now you're doing that oppositional movement with your head and it requires a gentle reorganization of your spine, which is what your neck is, because your neck is just a continuation of the spine as it goes into your torso. So this is pretty actually complex, even though it's not a big deal, not a complicated movement to do, simple movement, but an awful lot is involved. A lot of accommodation and exploration. And come out of it slowly, sliding elbows to the mat, Forearms and hands descend slowly and rest. Feel what goes on in your chest as you land on the floor. Is it changing? And come back. Same setup. Right hand across, left fingertips to elbow. Everything the same here, except rather than press with your right foot, you're going to press with your left foot. So inhale, raise your right elbow. Look to the, oops, let me check my notes here. It's starting to get complicated. Your head is rolling to the left. Okay, so you're pressing with your left foot. Your left hip is rising and you're looking left. This is a different kind of op opposition. Now your hip is rolling in opposition to your torso. So check this out. What's this do for you? Inhale, lifting the right elbow, rotating the right forearm left jaw to left collarbone, and the difference is you're pressing with your left foot. Back of the neck long, exhale, chest re retreats away, press with the left elbow, settle the right elbow, release the effort in your leg, and your head returns, and repeat. And now pause just a moment. We won't unwrap this just yet. Just stay here for a second. And now what will change is the head movement. So you're still, you're now pressing with the left foot as before, but your right jaw is going towards your right collarbone. So feel what this does. You're pressing with your left foot, lifting your right elbow, rotating your right forearm. Your hip is rising on the left, rolling to the right, and your right jaw is going towards your collarbone. You're looking down. Gently, gently yield in your collarbones, yield in your shoulders, yield in your chest and the back of your neck and the top of your back, and then slowly come out of it and arms slide across yourself, elbows land, hands land, and rest. Now that is approximately half of the way through. So if you save this and come back to it and you only want to do half, you can certainly do that and then come back later and do the other half. But today we'll do both sides. The thing is, before we move on to the other side, one of the ways to really disrupt or provoke the nervous system to change is to notice that you've worked pretty much one-sidedly in your right shoulder and your right upper chest. So just check and see whether you can feel a difference between the side you've worked with, the right side, as compared to the left. And how about your breathing? Do you feel a difference in your breathing? Maybe you don't remember. That's fine too. Often happens. But just see. Now, for the other side that we're going to do, <clears throat> we're going to move at a faster pace because you've, you're already familiar. You've already done the first half. But again, if you want to use the slower side when you have this at home and you're just doing it in your own time you can always go back to the first side except switch all the sides if you want to but for now we're just going to go a little bit faster because you're now familiar with the pattern or hopefully you are anyway or maybe a little bit all right so let's begin you're standing both feet now you're bringing your left palm across yourself and you're curling your right fingers around your left elbow hand like a paddle, and you breathe in, 
chest rises. Then at the very top, you lift your elbow tiny bit, roll your left forearm. On the exhale, let your chest retreat away from your arms a little bit, then press with your left elbow, then let it roll across yourself to your right. Pause and repeat. We'll just do a few of these. Inhaling, chest presses forward, drives the movement, lifting your left elbow. At the exhale, chest retreats, right elbow follows, left elbow follows, and pause. Let's let's open, in the pauses, let's open a little bit because I'd like you to get that opening feeling. Okay, so now we'll move on. And what we add this time is pressing with the left foot. So begin the lifting of the left elbow and at the same time, press with the right, the left foot. Feel your left hip rising. So you, it's kind of congruent. You're rolling to the right. And then exhale and settle. And then no pause here. Let's just continue lifting the, le the left elbow and letting your right jaw travel towards your right collarbone as you press with the left foot. So this is rolling to the right pretty much. And then exhale, left elbow, I'm sorry, exhale, right elbow presses, and then left elbow settles. And now change the head. So everything's the same. You're holding your left elbow. You're pressing with your left foot. Whereas before we had the head rolling congruently toward the right. Now, as you lift your left elbow, you bring your left jaw to your left collarbone gently, gently, and make adjustments if your shoulder's speaking to you, and then let it go slowly, release, with, uh, press with the right elbow, come, let it roll across you, settle the left elbow. And this is the oppositional movement in your head, neck, and shoulders. Shoulders rolling to the right, head rolling to the left. And now for this one, let's take a full release. So you let go of your left, your, your left elbow, slide your hands, elbows come to the mat, hands descend, settle, breathe, let the, any opening that wants to happen without forcing or making it happen in your upper chest, upper back, and take a moment just to connect with your breathing. And now come back. So both feet are stood, knees toward the ceiling, feet on the mat. Reach across with the left, hook with the right fingertips. And now what we're gonna change is this time you're gonna press with the right foot. So for the moment, let's keep your head rolling to the right. So that's congruent with your shoulders and your upper back. So you press with the right though, that means your right hip rises. So this is a little opposition between your hips and your shoulders. So feel what that's like. You're rolling with your torso to the right and your, your pelvis, your hips are rolling actually to the left when you press with your right foot and you let your head join the torso movement, right jaw to right collarbone. And then right press on the exhale, roll across yourself, pause and begin again, pressing with the right foot, lifting the left elbow, right jaw to right collarbone, exhale, press with the right arm, cross to the left. And now the next variation, we'll just slide right into it. Everything the same, except this time, your left jaw is going towards your left collarbone as you press with the right foot and your pelvis rolls to the left, your torso rolls to the right, you lift your left elbow and you tuck your head, your left jaw, to your left collarbone and repeat a couple of times, just really taking your time, sort of melting in to this somewhat weird, complicated movement. But the weirdness is really important in disrupting the habit, especially with carriage of the head. I mean, our biology is so wired to be so careful about our head quite right, but it means that there can be some fixing, some freezing in that 
structure of the organization. So this is designed to deconstruct and to find different avenues that are comfortable in a somewhat twisted up position. All right, so then slowly, 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 elbows to the mat, hands slide across, forearms and hands descend, and gently, 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 slowly land on the mat. And so <clears throat> here you are now in the same position that we began or approximately that way. If you started with your legs long, please do that. If you started with your knees bent, please do that. And now see if you can compare. What comes to your sensation? Is, is there any sense that you could remember well, like just as a, for instance, there's no need that you actually use this one, just an example. A lot of people report differences in the space behind the waist area, the sort of back, that space can start to drop more toward the mat. It's smaller, you feel flatter. There could be any number of different responses. Your feet could feel different. I mean, it is just no predicting how your particular nervous system will respond. The thing is, it's important to feel the change. That's the experience of movement from away from the mundane into the expanded domain. Sometimes hard to see how that is, but it is. If you have the experience that you can change your domain, boy, does that ever open up a lot of possibilities. It takes time to develop them, but it's a lot better than staying stuck in the observe without judgment and then stay stuck in where you are. And now how's your breathing? Check, please. Remember we did the palms on the upper chest. Receive the movement with your hands. Again, receive, allow, not make it happen. Are you getting movement there? What's, what's, what's going on there? Please bring your palms to your belly, that soft part of yourself. I mean, it could be really surprising. You could get less movement there. Just see what the truth of it is. And then find the ribs and see if those ribs are inhabiting a different rib space. The backs of your hands to your sides, side ribs. What's going on there? and your fingers behind you, if you're okay with that. Backs of the fingers against your back, palms on the mat. Do you feel movement there? Bring your hands away and let them rest wherever you like. And remember that movement that we did at the beginning, rolling your head very simply, just roll your nose to the left. Has something changed there? Then do the more complicated movement of left, Jawbone to left collarbone, looking down, rolling to the left. See if you can remember what that was like in the beginning. And then same, same questions to the right. Rolling simply to the right. Anything change there? Maybe it's not a, a range thing. You go further, maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe it's just feeling like, oh, I don't have to do anything to get my head to, to roll to the right. Maybe something like that. Any change. And then do the more complicated one, resting your jawbone on your right collarbone as you roll to the right and feel what that's like. Where could the change be? Could it be on the front of yourself? Could it be the weight rolling behind you? Could it be along the side of yourself? You're investigating, exploring, searching, detecting. And then let everything drop away and just take a moment to rest and feel, harvest, if there's any fodder to be digested. So those of you listening to the podcast, completely independent and free to hit the pause button, go to sleep, get up and do barn chores, whatever it is you need to do. But for the three of us, Alex and Dominique, we're going to come back to the screens. And one of the really fun things to do, if you do this work in a group, 
when we'll give you details about how to do that um, before we leave, to hear what other people's responses are. It's fascinating how differently people can respond. So, Alex and Dominique, if you take your time very slowly, because it's really important in the transition between lying down and that relationship to gravity, where you can feel gravity from the back of your head to your heels, pressing on you and pressing on the front of you and your weight along the back. When you start to free yourself from that feedback, it's a really different proposition. So really take it slowly and really give yourself plenty of time to just notice whatever. And we'll come back and maybe talk about what you felt. And thank you, everybody, for being willing to do this crazy stuff. Say something trivial. Next time, I'm going to put socks on. Oh, very important. No, it's not trivial oh, at all. My feet are so cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's poor old feet. They're so far away from our heart. <laughs> I didn't think of it. I had the sheet over me, but not the, the socks. That was something trivial. No, it's important because because it could interfere. It it could draw pull your attention away from what you're doing. So that's just it's great that you mentioned that. It's it's a it's an opportunity for me me to make the point. That's why we're you know some people criticize Feldenkrais for like oh you know you're so babyish you got to take care of everything and that's why I mean there's always a, a very important reason that Feldenkrais designed these things and one of them is if you are distracted by cold feet or or any kind of pain or discomfort, it just messes up your nervous system. Your nervous system starts to get agitated. So that's the reason for the comfort, the ease. It's not a hot tub experience. It's to till the field so when the seeds land, they can sprout. Well, I'm sure, too, as you do it, you improve your setup. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like the horses, right? You learn what you need to set up the environment. Yeah. Set, set, up, set up the environment for success. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, because there are a few things I would like mm -hmm. to tweak. And I have a question. So if at any point, what do you suggest if someone feels they didn't get the instruction right? What should they do? Let, let, me, let me hark back to what we said in the beginning. No right or wrong. No right or wrong. Uh, these are complicated language-based suggestions, and it's sometimes a real challenge to translate that into, oh, this is what she's trying to set up here. So mm -hmm. if you go sideways, go slightly differently again, I mean, there's always a reason that I that I'm asking your left hand to work on your right elbow the way it is. Always a reason. But it's secondary in importance. My reasons are are in the background to your experience. So if you are not getting that, it's for example, if you're, I said, tuck your fingertips, your left fingertips around your right elbow. There's some bones there. It's a little handle. If you didn't get that, and instead you understood what I was saying is your left hand goes under your right elbow and then cups cups your elbow with your palm, you'll still have an experience. It won't be what I designed. And the reason I designed it is, is it, it, I have my own reasons. It's not that important. What is important is, and also, gosh, I wish I could just like inject this into everybody. It's not important to do what I say. What is important is to do in, again, the, the bottom line is gently, slowly, small movement. That, that I'm not going to yield on. Everything else is open season. And if instead you start to worry, I don't really know what she said there. I don't understand. And, and you can kind of get into frustration cycles. It's just so sad because you're missing the main point, which is to find these attentive things. So if you do it in a totally weird way, if you hold your right ear, you know, you heard what I said, hold, hold your you know, elbow and you heard that right ear, you're going to have an experience, you know? As long as you do it gently and slowly, 
who knows what you'll find out. So that's next week's ATM. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we'll cover it. But Dominique, does that help? Is that is it that? Does, right? It does. It does. It does help. Ah, there's the music. Dominique had many more questions, and our discussion continued on for quite a bit. But I'm going to stop us here. If you're still lying down, before you stand up, do take a moment to return to one of the baseline experiences that Anita suggested for us. She forgot to include this at the end of the ATM, so I'm just going to put it in here for us. So you're lying down with your legs extended, just as you were at the beginning of the session. And now you're going to bend your knees just a little bit. And with your knees bent in this way, press with your heels so your foot moves away from your hips and then moves towards your hips. This is one that's actually fun to speed up, so you end up jiggling back and forth. And the question is, how far up your spine do you feel the movement? And has it changed at all from the beginning? Then let your legs go long again, pause, and enjoy being present in your sensations. Or maybe, if you want to, you can just drift off into sleep. It's all good. When you do stand up, take your time moving back into the vertical orientation. What do you notice when you stand up? Take a few moments to note any changes and then step back into your normal flow and enjoy the rest of your day. Next time, we'll continue on with our questions and observations. And so until then, train well and have fun with your horses.